Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, and aloha. Welcome to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, powered by Lift Aviation. I'm Mark. Aloha. And I'm Jeff. Aloha. What is a, is that high and goodbye? Like it means the same thing? It, it, it does. Yeah, it literally means the same thing. Do you, like, you're in Hawaii right now on a, on a, on a trip, but do you actually use the lingo down there? Do you totally phony it up and try to blend in? Not at all. Not at all. Not, no. not even a little bit. This, this is, uh, we should start another podcast, um, that talks about how weird Hawaii is to visit culturally. <laughs> it's the, it's like, it's a beautiful place, but it's so weird how fat, disgusting white people come here and just, it, dude, it's like the, it's the weirdest duality. It's like watching, like, okay. Do you ever go to like, do you ever go to the Carolinas at all for anything? Like, do you guys ever go to like, uh, is it St. Simon's Island or anything like that? Or um, any of the places, any places like South Carolina where like resorty type places? Um, We've been to Hilton Head once and I don't know okay. if I'd go back. That's a good example. Hilton Head's a great example, actually. Hilton Head's the perfect fucking example, actually. So <laughs> it's been it's been years since I've been to Hilton Head. But when I went there, I was like, okay, it's a bunch of weird white people. Everybody doing all the serving, uh, groundskeeping. Every everybody else was black, and I'm like, this feels a little creepy. It because it feels contrived because you're in the South. Everybody's got a Southern accent. And you're like, yeah, oh, this this feels funny. That's what it's like in Hawaii. It's very really? similar. It, like it's slow. like, well, it's like all the locals are like working in the resorts and these like. Uh, so I'm in Lahui right now. Right now, and um, Lahui's cool. Kauai is a small island. It's you know, it's it's not a bad spot, but like I love Kona. I'll, Kona's a great example. Like there's a bunch of mega resorts. You know, Oahu, a bunch of mega resorts, and it's like. Uh, yeah, it employs people for sure, but it's like in a lot of these spots, Mexico is another one where like there's like no pri- there's no public beaches in in Mexico. Like Cabo, you can't find a public beach. You know, they're all owned by the resorts, and so you get this like huh. I don't know, dude. When I go to these places, man, I just start feeling a little funny. I'm like, this feels it's just it's paradise, and you're you're here to like experience somebody else's culture, but yet they throw these like shitty luau's just for white people. You know what I mean? Really? Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> Is it kind of like forgetting Sarah Marshall? It's exactly like that. Yes. Like yeah. any cheesy movie like that, you know, where like, <laughs> like these, we- like, the, you know. Taking the pictures of eating the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's a little bit like, oh, dude. And so I, this is my first time in Lujuy. <laughs> I'm just here on a layover, airline layover. And, yeah, yeah. um, there's a bunch of like chickens and roosters running around and it's it dude, they're everywhere. It's so funny. So I was like taking pictures, taking videos and send to the kids and stuff. And um, I'm drinking a Mai Tai at like, uh, you know, some beachside bar yesterday and having a, uh, I had a really good, and th- there's also like a, I think they call it Kalua pork. 
uh, but like there's like wild pigs on the island. And so the chicken and the pigs, like it's local, you know, like they're like wild. And I had this amazing Hawaiian local pig pork pizza right. um, last night. So I'm like eating this, this pizza and, you know, drinking this Mai Tai and these fucking roosters and chickens are running around, dude. And like this, oh my God. this, this quintessential Howley, right? This white dude that like, you know, has a place here. He was talking about I, I only know this because I heard him talking about how he owns a timeshare. Yeah, he's like uh, trying to act like a local, telling people like, "Oh, you got to go here." And this is, yeah, you know, like us locals. And I'm oh, like, "God, you're up. fucking, you're fucking gross." But then this rooster comes up and bites the shit out of his hand uh, <laughs> while he's eating food, and it was the. I laughed so hard. I laughed too hard. Like they were like, "Dude, what's wrong with you?" I laughed so hard. That's really great. Uh, that's, great. that's when karma is like in full effect. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love, you know, I love going to places like this and, and, you know, it's so nice to like hit the beach. Like I went swimming this morning and like, it's great. But like when you come here and you like, you kind of bastardize like the local culture a little bit, Hawaii seems to be one of the worst with that, where people come and they're just like, you know, I want to see how a, Haw- a Hawaiian lives. And it's like, like they're not throwing luau's and putting lays on their heads or on their necks and, and walking around saying aloha and mahalo all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Do you like how many times do you hear like oh you got to get laid like <laughs> oh all the time it's so it's so be weird so frustrating it's like Disneyland it's like if you were to <laughs> Hawaiian Islands are a little bit like if if it was a Disneyland ride or a ride at Disney World where you're like okay they're characters um trained to make you feel like you're in an immersive experience that's what it feels <laughs> like sometimes at these resorts it's really yeah. weird dude I, I'm yeah, not a big fan far. of resorts. It's far away too, right? Super far like, away. And Kauai is the how, farthest away. Like it was a six and a half hour flight from Seattle to Kauai. Um, that's crazy. It's it's far, dude. It's the most Western island. How long um, do you get to like stay there? Like you got in last night. Got in yesterday. Uh, what time did I get in? It was, it was about a 24 hour layover. So it's not, it's, it's just long enough to like you land. You get some food, you kick it, you see you see the sunset, um, hit the pool, go to sleep. Yeah. Like the, the thing I love about Hawaii, I think we've talked about this before. And we I promise yeah. everybody listening, we will get to aviation here in a second. <laughs> um, oh, trust me, they're they're enjoying this. The, the everybody wants to live Hawaii, vicariously through us. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We get those emails all the time, like, oh, we wish yeah. we could be you. Just yeah, kidding. All the time. What a douchey <laughs> thing to say. Um, I take that back. Um <laughs> But the thing I love I, know, about I didn't Hawaii, even want to say that. I just like came out. You're just thinking it. Uh, is that the time? I love the time difference because, um, like, I'm going to bed here at now. Sometimes it's hard, but like, I'm an early bedtime person. Like, I love I hit, I'll hit the bed at nine nine thirty p.m. my time, and I'm out. Like anything past that, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm up past my bedtime. Uh, but I like getting yeah. up early. I, I'll get up at five a.m. You know, and ready to be ready to go. So. Here, yeah, you're like a you morning sleep person. Super early. I'm definitely a morning person. Like I was up today at, um, I slept in and slept at six my clock time, but that was three a.m. here. So it's like it's dark. It's great. Everybody's sleeping. It'll get. I, yeah. I make my coffee, go hit the pool by myself. I just chill in the hot tub at three in the morning. It's oh my god! Don't great. you feel like such like a mature person when you do that? I did that in California because of the time difference, and I was getting up going for walks everybody was sleeping i'm like wow i'm like just, i just feel better than these people at the, that point you know because yeah, i'm up you're getting it done doing my thing getting it done yeah. and everybody else that must be how like how like goody feels and like 
you know, all these other like Goulian and hot, all these guys that get up and exercise in the morning. Like, I guarantee you they're setting 5 a.m. alarms and hitting the gym. Guaranteed. Oh, God. I 4 a.m., 5 a.m., guaranteed. I mean, I set the alarm, but obviously, like, there's a snooze button for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I... I dig it. It's 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 hard to go to sleep sometimes uh, when you go to Hawaii from California, and now for you, obviously, it'd be a six hour difference. But um, oh my god, it'd be a rock star, it, dude. That's basically flipping your clock. Like you're you're going to bed at like two p.m. <laughs> and that's, wake that's up how at I have, fucking midnight. That's how I have to start living my life. Like I have to keep like moving west, and then as soon as I start getting lazy and waking up at like seven thirty eight, just move to another time zone again and reset it just to wake up earlier. Reset it. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's not a bad idea. Inevitably, I'll, um, I'll kind of start losing sleep, especially like, you know, uh, work schedules, aviate, everybody that's listening that's a professional pilot knows this, you know, it, airline schedules are just all over the place. It's impossible to have a, a, a kind of a nice, um, regimented schedule for wake up and, and going to sleep. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll end up like, like uh, yesterday, I commuted from San Francisco because uh, I'm I'm still doing training, and all the training is based out of Seattle. So I had to commute up to Seattle from San Francisco uh, to then pick up this trip to Hawaii. So I'm up at 3 a.m. to catch, you know, get ready, drive, catch a 6 a.m. flight to uh, from San Francisco to Seattle, and then I flew out here. So I was like, you know, I got five hours of sleep. Oh, jeez. That night, so I'm like exhausted. Come out of here, try to catch up a little bit, and. Inevitably, when you get like a couple couple of days of sleep down, you know, it's like, dude, you just feel wrecked. And yeah. if I can get, dude, sometimes I'll sleep till like 7 a.m. I'll wake up at 7, 7.30 and I'll be like, oh my God, I've missed the day. Like I've, I've missed the day. Yeah. I'm done. No, it's a shit show. Like, what am I going to do? It's like almost lunchtime. I was, so this was your first trip though with the Boeing, right? Uh, first uh, Hawaii trip. I, so I've, I've I've done this is my third trip on the Boeing now. Um and you like to do what's called an ETOPS trip for Hawaii because we're all ETOPS qualified. Um how do I like it? You know, well, I'll, I'll be quick re- and prompt response. <laughs> Here's the thing, it gets a bad rap, especially people that have flown the Airbus um tend to give give the the 737 a bad rap. Um the cockpit's smaller, it's noisier. The airplanes older technology it's more work it's harder to fly um but it's more fun to fly and it's not that bad it's not that bad it's it's an uh, it's not as nice of an office as the airbus if that makes sense like man taking the airbus to hawaii it was like dude the seats were electric the cockpit was way <laughs> bigger there was no yoke in in between your legs so like you know you had the side sick you could like you just zip the seat back uh, there was little feet pads for your feet, so you could like kick the seat back, put your feet up, and just like put the tray out. You got your coffee, you got your food, you're ch- chilling. You don't have to wear a headset because it's so quiet, and you can like you whisper. Yeah, yeah, it's super quiet. So like above eighteen thousand feet, we call it going topless. So you just take the headset off above eighteen thousand feet and just put the speaker on, and it's like um, it's so nice. And we did that everywhere. But going to Hawaii, you don't talk to anybody because it's all through what we call CPDLC, which is basically like air traffic control text messaging. That's the easiest way to think of it. It's like if they want you to to um, climb or descend, they'll send you a text and it'll be like uh, ATC requests, uh, you know, flight 875, descend and maintain flight level 340 and then um, advise when level. And so like, OK, we'll acknowledge that. 
descend to 340, 34,000 feet, and then we'll send a, a text message saying we're at 34,000 feet. That's basically how um, modern ATC technology is um, going to places like Hawaii. And we even use it domestically. Um, we'll use CPDLC. So talking um, talking to air traffic control is going to become even less and less of a thing. And so it's so nice to have a quiet cockpit where you can just take the headset off. Um, uh, I will neither confirm nor deny that I've ever done this, but some people bring like a Bluetooth speaker and they'll just like, you know, put some light music on. It's like, you're just kind of kicking it, chatting, flying to Hawaii. Oh it's super laid back, super easy. It's the easiest money, dude. Uh, once you're in the flight level, there's a lot of like contingency stuff you got to look at, you know, like alternate it sound, field. You're making it sound like you just went to like the Shawshank prison at this point, flying this plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely louder. It's definitely smaller, like, but I just picture you off. walking through the jetway with like your pillow and blanket to this, to this new Boeing plane in like <laughs> in prison. <laughs> it's harder to be excited about it. It's, it's nice to learn a new airplane. So I'm excited about learning a new airplane because you know, as pilots, we always like a new challenge and it is a challenge. I'm still learning, uh, you know, have Morgan a lot to Freeman's learn. Be... greeting you as Catherine. <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, we took our headsets off in the, in the, in the Boeing um when we were level at 36,000 feet and it, it was not that bad it's louder but not that bad Andy um, Dufresne is sitting jump seat <laughs> nah it's not that bad it's not that bad uh it's it's pretty wild though it's just such an old airplane that we take across you know um yeah the you know united the, the lower 48 to hawaii is the longest stretch of water between two points of land that we travel if I remember correctly, I think I think that's the longest stretch of ocean is basically California, Washington, Alaska to Hawaii. I'll have to look that up again, huh. but it's a it's a long stretch of just water. And it's just kind of crazy. that, that we right? take the, I don't care about that uh, until I start thinking like I'm oh, fun 1960s technology across the ocean. It's weird. <laughs> um, but it's not bad, dude. It's not bad. No, nah, it's not bad. Put that on a bumper sticker. It's not bad. That's the the best review I can give of it. Is it's not that bad. Yeah. So, Are you ever going to go back to the Airbus? No, Alaska got rid of them, so we're all seven thirty seven until. Why did they get rid of them? Like in a nutshell. Uh, in a nutshell, Alaska is like a lot of Pacific Northwest companies. They only sniff farts from other Pacific Northwest companies, and so. You know, Alaska serves Starbucks coffee and uh, serves, you know, beer from the Pacific Northwest on their flights and wine from Washington. And we have to use Boeing products because Boeing's a Pacific Northwest company. All of our IT stuff is Microsoft because Microsoft is a Pacific Northwest company. Um, it's it's all of that. It's just so they're, they, they're they, supporting they, the local billionaires. So sweet. That, so local. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, that's that's basically it. And. Because of that relationship, you know, um, Alaska gets a huge discount on 737. Um, they pay cash. Uh, they don't They don't lease a lot of their airplanes. In fact, I don't know that any of our airplanes right now are leased. Whereas when Virgin America was bought by Alaska, all of our airplanes were leased. I think we, well, I say all, most of them. I don't know how many we own, but it was very few. Um, I think we leased the rest of them. So most airlines lease, they, they kind of put the leverage on... Um, loans whereas you know it's like we own the asset we can pay cash for an airplane we get it cheaper they have a relationship uh the rumor is 
this is just what I was told. I have no, um, I've not seen the numbers, but I was basically told that Alaska gets the price of a 737 Max 9 airplane. Uh, they can basically get two of them for the price of one Airbus A321neo, which is the, the equivalent airplane. So, wow. you know, hard to argue that from a business standpoint. But, yeah, every, I mean, it'd be it'd be foolish for anybody to argue that the 737 is an overall a better airplane. It it's not. Um, the the A321neo can get into better. It's got better um runway performance it's quieter in the cockpit it's quieter in the cabin the cabin's bigger it's more fuel efficient um yeah but it's twice nice. as expensive does uh the boeing come with a fanny pack <laughs> you know what it should is that a perfect segue or like am i just that's a that's a that's a great segue i don't, honestly i think the boeing was invented before fanny packs were invented but let's talk about this fanny pack yeah, well, <laughs> first off, um, the IAC's got the new website up, and its uh, I didn't get a chance to click around on a desktop, but I went around a little bit on my phone, and it's pretty cool. It seems a little bit uh, more user-friendly. What say right you? I haven't, I haven't had a chance at all to even look at it. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, look at this. Okay. Would you look at this? Well, huh. would you, slaps hood of... Uh, extra 300 bumper would you look at yeah. that um yeah this is yeah this is cool i like that it's got more drop down menus because having like one drop down menu for everything was a pain in the ass yeah you know no this is uh so far so good uh i like it um yeah a little bit more simpler easier to navigate um but yeah and then you know uh, i think the team should have their own the, drop down uh, teams should have their own drop down and i think nationals should have their own drop down yeah, totally. Or even that like a might. yeah, separate site because isn't the team not really affiliated with IAC? Well, that's an that's a you know honestly that's a good point. Um, it should probably but, have its own. That's that's a good point. But yeah, that's but there's there's like donate to, uh, to money. There's donate you know buttons for the team. It's just and, so weird. Like when you think about it, like it's like if it's an international club, like why isn't there a donate button for the Brazilian team or? The Canadian team, you know what I mean? We've talked about this quite a bit. Yeah, it, yeah, it's such a domestic uh, organization, right? Like it you know? feels like it's just United States, the IAC, but it's not. Yeah, but it should be I, that's a U- great USAC. question for JB. Yeah, yeah. I can ask JB that. I think I did at one point, and it's just a, it's just a, you know, a vague area, I guess, and it's just not something that really needs change. Um, yeah. at this point, but yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, I do like, I, I will say, I, I, I'll be honest, I like, I like most of the merch on the site. Uh, I'm digging it, I'm digging, it. I'm, di- I'm digging the site. Uh, what, yeah, I like that qu- the quarter zip. I think I'm gonna buy which one, the, the um, sweatshirt, the, the hoodie, or no, uh, not the hoodie. Um, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, um, the nationals one or the IAC one, the, uh, nationals one. I have that one. I like it a lot. I bought it. I bought it last year. Oh, did you? Quarters yeah. at Men's Navy Nationals. Yep, I bought that exact yeah. one, and I can't wear it because I didn't even compete. I bought it. I literally bought it because I was cold <laughs> that one day. I was Who cold. Who cares? Um, remember when the temperature dropped? How how low was that? Um, like the temperature dropped um, that like last forty winter. degrees. 
Yeah, remember that? Oh, no, at no, nationals. I, the the last day of nationals. Yeah, it was so cold. That last. It's day. gonna be cold this year, I think. Like late yeah. September, October. It it's gonna be that you know honestly I think yeah. weather's gonna be more of an issue this year. I do too. I'm not really. It wasn't an issue last year. That it's really. a little bit this. It's a little bit late in the season, I think for for now. But I get it. It's yeah, you know, it's how it goes. Just go. Um, but yeah, um, I, my 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 quarter zip is sitting in my closet because I, I feel like if I wear it, I mean, it's I don't know. I I I wanted to also wanted to support the IC. I, I wanted to buy more merch. I literally couldn't fit it in my bag. Um, yeah. But I you know I wanted to support the IC. I wanted to you know give some money in, and I'm like, oh you know what? I'll I'm a little chilly. But wearing it felt a little douchey. I don't know. So uh, I, I don't it's care. been sitting in my closet. <laughs> um, it's funny. I bought back. a um, I bought a national when we were at nationals. I bought a sweatshirt for Nikki, and it was like a quarter zip. It was like the vintage ones, but it's not really like female. It's not like it's got like shoulder pads in it or like you know whatever. And it fits me now because I bought like an extra large one. And I wear that shit around. I don't care. Did you buy the um? Oh man, they need to get more of these in stock. The uh, the fiftieth anniversary, uh, yeah, the gray winter. one. That's yeah. sick. I know, and I'm and it was like I'm like ah, whatever. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. but fanny pack, sorry, fanny pack. Uh, it's crazy that this fanny pack is sixty dollars. It's, it's crazy. I just pack. what's crazier, dude? What's crazier that it's sixty dollars or that it's a fanny pack? I just wish I was in like the design process or in the room just to hear like why this should be here and who like, <laughs> yeah, like it, I, just like imagine how the lingo is going. It's like, all right, guys, uh, what else we got on the docket today? Um, IAC shop. We're looking at, you know, doing some new items and all of a sudden, you know, there's just like in the boardroom, there's somebody going fanny pack. We need a fanny pack right now. And everybody <laughs> was like, Yes. Yes, thank you so much, Thomas. Blackberry, need... Blackberry phone holder. Yeah, yeah. Can we exactly. get one of those made. I think Who's they drew a line at, at at patent leather. You know, I think that that was probably Dude. recommended. But they were like, "All right, we're we're going into the the twenties here. We're in the twenties. Patent leather is so nineteen sixties and seventies. Um, we got to grow, but we're keeping the fanny pack." I wish that it had like this came with like charging cables, like you know all the charging cables that that shit used to come with that like would never fit anything anyway. It was yeah. just complete uselessness. <laughs> you know my favorite part is the description: attractive belt bag to carry your personal items. Period. New sentence with IAC logo. <laughs> period. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to shit. I know everybody works really hard, guys. I, I'm we're just, we're just having fun, but this is it is a little funny. Come. On. Uh, and they, they don't even call it a fanny pack. They call it a belt bag. We need to start like a thing. Like, can you imagine if like we're responsible for everybody ordering these? Like, I kind of want one they now just out. to like t- take pictures of it with. <laughs> it's like ironic at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody, um, like the whole team is wearing them. Um. Yeah. That's what else would best. go good with this? Like a uh, patterned sweater with a fanny pack. Yeah. Oh boy. Like what else would you wear with this? Like you definitely uh, need sandals with socks. You gotta wear sandals and socks together. S- Birkenstocks. Like, like not not yeah. flip flops. Jesus sandals. Like, yeah. There we go. Yeah, you need Jesus yeah. sandals with this. You free set of of uh 
of knee socks, striped knee socks, and Birkenstocks. <laughs> <with every laughs> knee socks. <laughs> oh my god! Does this have yeah. like an inhaler holder too? It better. Yeah. What else would what, what else would you put on this fanny pack to make it better? Oh, that's like asking. That's like asking what what could you do to make the Gen Pro sell more? It's like it's just yeah. it's what it is, dude. It's you. You got You take it as it comes. There's nothing you can do to it to do anything else to it. it it's yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I. I. How do you? How do you beat perfection? You can't. Hey, I wish it had like a little lock for all the people that are going to break into it. Dude, I'm looking at this website. Where is the Nationals link? Oh, it's top right. Oh, that I'm not on there too. Oh, it is. Okay, sorry. Yeah. We should. I'm gonna. Let's go into pre-registration. Let's. We we're getting really close. We got to start talking about who's registered and who. Guys, get your fanny packs right now at iac.org/slash. Enter code SCS2023 for a uh, free zero percent discount. (laughs) A zero percent discount. Um. Yeah, national dude. Nationals is coming up. Um. We need to talk about unlimited team selection too, a little bit, because how many team members are they going to select this year? I don't know. Um, I'm not going to do the team flight. I mean, I'll do it for for experience, hopefully. You but better do the team I, flight, dude. That's what I. That's that was my question. Yeah, I'm going to do it, but I can't. Com- you know, it's it's a huge commitment. You know, I don't know. Like, I gotta. I don't know if I can break oh, away for six mean. weeks. Yeah, and then the training camps. Like, I think I'm gonna. What? What my plan was is, depending on how I do, I was gonna see if they would give me the opportunity to possibly be a warm up pilot and like kind of train with the team as warm up pilot. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, that'd be a great. Yeah, experience. but um, yeah, there's some, there's some assassins. I mean, not everybody's registered, but. No. Um, well, and and so uh, the reason why I bring this up is because Shad said that there's no gender, uh, no gender limit, and they're selecting twelve this year. So that's a big field. That they could, I think there's they, only twelve unlimited, though. That's so. There's going to have to be. There's going to be more than that that register. I think. Maybe. I mean, right it now for be. unlimited. Uh, I mean, let's see here. So we. JB, we got Jim Burke Unlimited, and he's, I think he's the guy to watch this year. Um, new airplane. It's going to be, I'm, uh, he's definitely bringing the MXS. I mean, he's training in it. So, yes. There'd be he's no reason pretty, at this point to, to, to not yeah. bring the MX. I would bet on, bet on him, uh, flying an MX. So you got JB, um, after JB registered in Unlimited, um, Rob Holland, of course, Bobby Holly. Yep. You got Goody Thomas. You got Craig Gifford. Craig Gifford's another guy that if he's been training, he's gonna he's gonna fly lights out. Yep. Um Yuichi Takaji is actually flying advanced this year. He did last year, I think, didn't he? Or did uh, he I think he's unlimited. Them? Yeah, he did he did unlimited. He um, yeah. That's fuck, smart. Dude, smart advance. I'm trying to pick out the unlimiteds and advance. I'm just seeing like knockout, knockout, knockout. Advance is going to be fun this year. It's not even team selection. Chris Jeez, Combs a, finally coming back. Yeah, there's a GB uh, one flying from Canada. Oh, yeah. um, G- Jason Katter Katterinchuk. Katter Katterinchuk. I think that's yeah. Hopefully you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, you that's know, cool. that's exciting. That's Silver. super exciting, dude. Finally, yeah, we see a GB one um, at nationals. Yeah, I tell you, you know, Canada. Just a, a side note. Actually, we'll talk about them later. Yeah, let's. Let, yeah. Um, but there was another airplane here that was flying. That it was an, uh, a new pilot that I never heard of. Um, just going through here, you know, Ryan Chavins, advanced Barrett Hines, advanced. Um, Mario's. Gosh, uh, I Mario pilots. did unlimited last year. Yeah, Mario's flying unlimited. Chris Megan is registered. He, no, he hasn't. He, dude, he's registered as an advanced this year. Yeah, like. Um, Endo is flying. Uh, no, no, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mario is registered as advanced this year. Yeah, yeah. I thought he flew unlimited last year. No, he's uh, he's been uh, advanced. He he flew Steve advanced Johnson. Last year? Yeah, Adam Messenheimer is flying advanced. Another guy. Nick. I hope he Slabikov, makes it this year. Um, with the uh, LX. But there was a guy in a Sukhoi. I saw a Sukhoi registered. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't recognize it. Um, out of Florida. Is that out of Florida now? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Um, I'm trying to find the guy. You saw the same thing too. Uh huh. Um, Justin Hickson is registered. He's a great intermediate pilot. Corey uh, Drulis. I hope there's a lot of uh, intermediates because last year there wasn't. Or two years ago. I forget when, when you and I went down there. Yeah, last year. that Intermediate was the smallest field. Yeah, it was like four people. Yeah. Um, Stupid freaking stupid. Yeah, Mike Galloway. Um, But yeah, there's like, oh, it's not registered anymore. I'm I'm trying to even find it. I think it was there and then it's not there anymore. You remember seeing it, right? Ryan Chapman, dude. Ryan Chapman. You know what, Ryan? You're my fucking hero. Did you see his airplane? Right, the, the make Stodiker model Michael Gould <laughs> special three hundred. <laughs> That's awesome. You're my fucking hero, dude. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and Shad actually told me uh, uh, the Sukhoi was coming. Uh, so somebody's coming to compete in advance in the Sukhoi, which is exciting. Um, I don't. Yeah, see but it's here, not though. here anymore. Mm-mm. Maybe it was Brian Hayden. I don't remember the name. I don't even know if you told me the name. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Now it's not here. It's driving me nuts. But um, so yeah, so we got some people coming. Um, very exciting. Oh, Peter Nassar is coming. And this, I, I'll uh, say, uh, Nassar. This, I think we're missing some people on here, especially for unlimited. You know what Honestly, it was? We're, is mi- that... we're missing a bunch of people, dude. We're missing the entire advanced team. Basically. I think when they changed to the new website. Um, there was a thing because I got an email. I had to like send proof of receipt because something with the PayPal thing with the other website and blah 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 blah. Yeah, because Gifford's um, not on here anymore. I know Gifford was on. Is, here. is he on? No, here Craig still? was there. Yeah, Luke Penner is on here. Yeah, Craig Gifford was on here. Just Dude, do he, a control command. He's not, he's yeah. not showing on my thing. Yeah, right under Britt oh, Lincoln. Britt's not showing on mine. This is it's really weird. Um. I see it right now. Let me refresh it. Let me refresh. It's like the site didn't load all the way or something. Huh. I just refreshed. Oh, Jerry uh, Reininger has got an NG. 305 NG he's flying. Yep. Got that plane delivered Uh last year. 
Yeah. Uh, Wayne Forbes, uh, Panzel. He's got a beautiful Panzel. He's going to be flying. Who do you think is going to take advanced? That's going to be the, the battle. Honestly, it's a great. Oh, you know what, dude? It must be this person. Alex Sir, Ekaterina Volkova, Power Advanced, no airplane listed. I mean, that's the most Sukhoi pilot name I've ever fucking heard in my life. Yeah. It's got to be it. Love flying. Love, love, love. He's seen a Sukhoi fly. Um, Who's going to take advanced? I tell you what. um, I tell you what. I I know, I know, um, you know, I'll say this. Uh, because I think other people wouldn't want to say this publicly. Um, but, you know, those that really had the eye for the flying last year at Nationals, uh, I've heard it uttered more than once that the flying overall in advanced wasn't that impressive, right? There was, you know, relative speaking. I thought the, the presentation overall was could have been a lot better. I think some of the flying, you know, was good. I just... You know, as far as technical thought, the, the yeah. maneuvers, but I, I felt like it just wasn't presented uh, as best as it could be. Everybody was not that you shouldn't be high if you don't feel safe, but I feel like a lot of it could have been brought down a little bit lower and a little bit closer. And I think that 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 has been echoed by by those that that know what they're looking at. I obviously don't uh, from from a, you know, a, a, a advanced standpoint. Um Although I thought that I, I really enjoyed watching the flying. Uh, so advance was super fun to watch, uh, but it was interesting to hear those critiques. And I've heard it from numerous people. Um, that being said, I was really impressed with how a few people flew in advance. Britt being one of them um, for, you know, for how, how, how much sheet time she had in the SC, how much time she's had overall flying uh, competition aerobatics. And now she's basically been living a clinic with Craig and I'm excited to see what she does at advanced worlds. But I think if she competes again in advance, which she has registered in advance for, uh, it's so weird that my, um, it's like the entrant list didn't load all the way for me, uh, for some reason. Yeah. Me, um, me either. Cause I don't even see, let me refresh it one more time, but I'm assuming she's, she's registered for, advanced okay there she is okay yeah i've got the, i've got the rest now yeah so i see uh she's registered for advanced i think i think given that list of advance so far it wouldn't shock me if she did really with it really well i think that i think we're gonna see um so the known and the especially the free I think you're going to have people that are going to fly i think you're going to have a half a dozen people that are going to kind of really come out swinging and those yeah. flights, you know, depending on your field, say fifteen to tw- say over around fifteen competitors or twenty competitors in advance, if you could set yourself up in the top five, um, you know, relative to the percentage spread. Uh, but if you set yourself up within the top five, um, after the known and free, you you have a great shot at winning um, overall if you can fly a great if you know how to fly unknowns and, and fly them great. It's all, you know, being, you know, flying a lights out known and a, and a lights out free. It's good. And you can give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. Like I was able to give myself, you know, um, some wiggle room for my, 
for the first unknown flight where I can take some outs and, and have some breathing room. And it's, it, it actually, um, you know, it takes a little bit of the pressure off, um, knowing that, you know, you can, you can maybe take a couple hits on, on presentation and, and still win. Um, but you know, the third flight, if I zeroed the, you know, and I had like a, uh, I forget how many percentage point lead, but, um, if I zeroed, I, I still would have lost. So, you know, even though I, I did really well in the known, I did, I did well in the, in the free makes no difference. You zero a figure, you know, in, in the unknown, you're not winning, you know, yeah. when it's a tight, when it's tight. So like, you know, I think people like Luke, you know, Brit, um, Mike Galloway, um, sorry, Ryan Chapman, um, Chris Megan, you know, they're all going to be up there. And if anybody is really gunning for an advanced national, um, and seeing, you know, these, these rock stars that they're competing up against, you know, they have to hopefully, you know, it's too late now to start training, but they hopefully have been training on, on how to attack unknowns, um, and, uh, you know, go about it. And that's, that's what it's going to come down to, I believe. So it's hard, you know, for it. I think we can definitely pick a, uh, you know, we can box a, a top three group, you know, relatively easily. Well, or a top and, and, five group, but to pick well, a winner is a, it's going to be a roll of the dice. It's going to be a roll of the dice too. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of changes from last year. You know, you have uh, Adam Messenheimer uh, that's going to be there. Uh, we have no idea where he's at and how much he's been able to fly. You know, last year he wasn't able to fly much. He switched jobs and was able, unable to make nationals. Steve Johnson got COVID last year um like like i think day one i think i think he got his practice flight in and then got covid right yeah i don't think he flew, he might have flown the first no if i i can't remember but you know wasn't able to finish um the canadian team which you know it, it it's hard right because they're going to be relevant in in the standings of of how well they do like nationals is going to be a great litmus test for them, even though they can't medal and actually win Nash or they can't win nationals. Right. But that team, uh, from an advanced standpoint, uh, that, you know, they are really, re- and I think to your, uh, co- kind of going back to what you're saying about, uh, training the unknown sounds like Aaron's been really hitting them hard and they've been doing a lot and we don't know what anybody else has yeah. been doing a whole lot. Cause I think the focus, you know, well, I'll ask this question after I'm done with my thought. I, I think, you know, Ryan Chapman is going to be, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on him, in my opinion, you know, in advanced. I think uh, we'll have to see Britt, you know, um, Marco's looking good in the Sukhoi, you know, yeah. he'll be another one competing at nationals in the Sukhoi, I assume, right? Um, he's not registered yet, but um yeah. I think there's just I think, a lot of things that go into it. Yeah. You know? And, and I wonder, you know, so let me ask you this, obviously at, at face value uh, for a category, for a given category, uh, training for worlds versus training for nationals generally probably doesn't have a too much of a different approach. I would guess. Right. Cause you're flying advanced, you know, it's all about um, uh, unknowns and being surprised and being able to do two fly those figures, yeah. right? Being able to fly the catalog and fly it well and and you know kind of think on your toes, think on the fly. And I'm sure I'm sure the focus is training on that, right? Not so much the knowns, but but just as yeah. you said. 
Um, well, like a SIVA a contest, like you have to know the catalog because you because it's going to be three flights of of unknowns, you know. But don't and, you think this is going to closer mimic? I mean, we're not SIVA rules yet, but nationals is the closest thing that you're going to get to SIVA flying it within the IAC this year. Yeah, no, totally. But as far as like these uh, teams, like the Canadian team or the U.S. team right, right now training, um, they're going to be. Um, doing so i don't know like you can you can argue both both sides of the aisle here like they're going to be extremely uh ready for the unknowns hopefully um if they're training for for siva style but there's something to be said that with iac type um competition where you get one chance to make a first impression every year you know or however you want to put it and if you come out and fly an okay known um, you're, that's kind of like the perspective that the judge is going to, they're going to put you at that, that level. But if you have been training all year and got the known, you know, really down and maybe took a little bit of, you know, money out of the pocket, as far as not spending it towards unknowns and, and focusing on known and free and, and having that fucking nailed, then you're setting yourself up in the judge's eyes as an assassin, you know, like you're setting the bar high and you know you're giving you're getting them excited about your flying as opposed to like flying an okay known and okay free and then like a a good unknown you know like for me i you know the way i kind of look at it for iac it's like i want to come out and i want to nail the known and let them know like here you know here i am you know this yeah. is what i could do and then it's your statement here piece. i am yeah and like here's my free and the free at this point everybody should have down pat like here's my free it's like so bang bang and then you know since i'm not um i don't have a lot of experience right now in the category you know for me it's a little bit i wouldn't say roll the dice but you know as far as the selection for unknown figures i'm kind of hoping that you know it's something that's you know it, it, that i have in my rep repertoire a little bit it's doable um, yeah yeah so like not to say like if they throw something in there i won't be able to to get through it but you know i don't have the experience like rob or goody where they they've dealt with these type of figures or these connection of figures or or anything like that you know i can't well, there's no can't replacement that for, experience yeah yeah there's no replacement for the years of of just being handed that and and yeah. having to deal with it right like even in the coaching environment i would imagine it's so it's almost um it, not artificial but it kind of is it's like you kind of there's just no replacement for going and having that happen to you year after year after year after year for 10 years i mean some of these guys are, are got, have 20 years of that yeah there's that so dynamic. many combinations like yeah. even in the uh the last con i did that contest and the unknown had a diamond loop and the uh third line the 45 down had an inside uh inside full flick from inverted and i never done one uh from a diamond loop and I've done, I think I, I've done half flicks and I've done outside flicks from upright level. I just never had done an inside full flick from 45 down. So it's like, okay, well, I kind of, I, I understand the mechanics and, you know, I thought about it and, you know, figured out like how to cheat it a little bit and it worked out okay, you know? Um, so like, I just, you know, I, I'm not the French military team where I'm flying every day and have a coach telling me, okay, we're up to this part, let's go. Like, yeah. you know, it's a hard, super hard category to, to weed through and, and, and get yourself level. That's why I like five years and I'm not going to be ready, but I think I'll be competitive, but 
I'm on like a five year path and I'm on year like 1.5 at this point. Yeah. So, well, and I'm having and that's fun. That's okay. You know, you know, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, and that's okay. And you should be having fun and, and have fun. And it, and it is all good. Um, it's just, it's super interesting, you know, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, who's been training, how, and how this, this shakes up in unlimited and advanced. Um, do you think, do you think that the, uh, advanced team will compete at nationals? Or do you think that they'll uh, take the time off after Advanced World? Well, Brit's competing, and I think that it's in their best interest to 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 fly to nationals. In fact, I would I would argue, um, you know, because like we've always talked about, especially in advanced, like it's not a super super hard category to to get to know the whole catalog. Where like you know you're on an advanced you're on a, a national team at this point you're you're almost up to world so like the figures you should have in your bag at this point so now it's psychological and and being in a contest environment and and becoming familiar with nerves and so that this way when you don't this way when you get to a worlds or you know vegas in this case it's not foreign to you so going to a nationals what if i was the coach i would try to set it up and it might seem a little rude to some people but i would set it up as like a team you know like a like a world and and stay together as a team be together yeah. and, and 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 just be very military with it and get everybody you know feeling what it's going to feel like there so that when you go to worlds it's like okay i don't have to worry about so much of being in a world it's kind of feels like we we've trained for this we've been in this environment we, we replicated it as best as possible now it's like okay i can really focus on figures instead of like you know um you know, at nationals, kind of joking around and having some fun around your friends. You know, at at worlds, like you have fun, but you, you usually stay together as a team. So, yeah, I would hope that they're going to be there and be as a team. I think that would be really cool to see, and I think that people that are um, going to be shooting for the team, whether it's in the near future or far future, you know, primary sportsman guys that that want to be that one day. I think it's inspiring to see that. You know, yeah, I agree so, with that. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, I would. I, I think that before a training camp, I mean, it, you definitely want to hit some training camps. But I would give up a training camp to to do a team, quote unquote, nationals camp. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, at nationals that makes sense. Or, or whatever. And it's not a lot of flying, but I think that a lot can be can be um, sorted out and learned. You know, from just a mindset uh, perspective. I like it, but I like it. Yeah. It needs to be like, a fun one to watch, you know, this year. Cause we, you know, it just be a fun one to watch. Cause you're going to yeah. see, hopefully, hopefully you get to see the team show up, you know, with a year under their belt. And there's pressure for them too, because like, don't forget, they're not just being watched by us, you know, their, their colleagues, like the, the French, if they even show up, but like other countries, are you bet your ass they're looking at results and they're going to see like they, they know who's on the team and they're going to be like all right like who's went who on the team is how are they placing who do we have to worry yeah. about and you know it's almost like you know you get super competitive with this where like with nationals like the hold off on posting videos you know don't let other countries see what we're good at and what we're not good at you know because if they watch you know six competitors try to perform a half flick or say 70% of the team performs a half flick kind of, kind of crummy, you know, French, France could just throw in a half flick and 
that's good what they could be training i know like we saw like the french for some reason when we were in romania we saw them doing like a lot of looping figures with rotations on top like you know four of eights and you know four or four on top and just they were so cement they've just been working on it and like they threw that in the unknowns and they were getting eights and everybody else getting sevens yeah that's what they chose is yeah you know is that a common is that a common attack plan to to kind of i don't know as a team that's that's just kind of like what i was seeing and i don't have the experience like that i think rob can really answer that well or 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 you know obviously somebody like goody or you know past team members that, that have been to a few of these but it, it to me it seemed like it was way too because they could have they were first to pick a lot of times with figures and it you know it doesn't seem like a a very technical figure i mean it's a very tech sorry it's a very but it's not you know hard on your body um yeah but it's this extremely technical figure where you can lose points very easily you know being over under you know uh it's a good plan cool. it's a good it's a good yeah. um strategy you know totally yeah so like um and the French, you know, they, they're great They're, I mean, I wasn't, I gotta be honest, like they, their flying was good. Like at the advanced level, I, I haven't been to an unlimited. That's where French pilots were flying, but the advanced guys that was, they were good, but like, they were not, they're not unbeatable. They're not, it's, it's a lot of halo going on there. Like they're very good. Don't get me wrong. And, 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 you know, they, they hit their figures, but so do we. And so do pilots like Luke and, and Dunphy, they all hit. And, um, yeah. but they just, they pick up little point fives and points with, with, um, with how to just, as far as, you know, judges parallax, how to, how to be in the right place at the box and how to position the plane to not look a certain way. And, you know, people will get sevens and they'll get seven fives and eights. And that's, that's how they're winning. But they're, I remember watching them flying and I'm like, my gut, it could have been wrong, but my gut is like, these guys are not, god's you know god's gift they're not um unbeatable you know so yeah. like um it's just they're they're very they're very calculated and they're, the, the mental aspect that they that they go about this is is um something that we're really not doing well that's just from my um my eyes I, it could have very well changed but um we're not doing as much here I mean, like I remember walking through, I told the story a million times, but we were walking to the hangar on like the first day, it might've been like practice days or something. And the whole French team was sitting in folding chairs, like lined up and Baptiste uh, Vignette was a, was the coach at the time. And he was in the middle with an umbrella and just hitting the umbrella on the, on the, uh, on a concrete hangar floor while somebody was walking through their sequence to give them like a metronome and timing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, game over (laughs) (laughs) and that's my time folks (laughs) yeah it's like yeah they're just like and they need to be otherwise like there's 20 other people that want those people's spots yeah and there's there's a little bit something to be said about that i mean maybe that could be a um an avenue that the u.s teams can explore is having you know maybe only bringing i know that we're a little bit you know, um, we don't have a a deep deep field, but instead of bringing eight pilots that are good, why not bring five pilots that are all excellent? And you know, like why bring five? Don't bring five great pilots and three pilots just because they made the team. You know what I mean? Like right. maybe there needs to be like that that coaching um, that coach that can make those that can you know make that call and and not and and have that thick skin and 
business like uh mindset where it's like hey like we're not bringing you because you're gonna you're diluting the team or um you know you're not up to our standards and it's going to reflect on our ability you know because if that person flies first and we've seen this like you don't you can say all you want but the judges see it and like yeah. you're setting the standard the first u.s pilot is setting the standard there's no let me ask in you my this opinion. Do you, so if you're um eyeing the unlimited team this year right and you're th- and you're thinking about this dynamic 12 12 members for selection is not a good thing necessarily actually it's not a good thing not a th- I'll, I'll just say it's not a good thing based on how few unlimited pilots we have in the united states yeah i mean listen it's a hobby we, we we go back and forth so it's like it's a hobby yeah it's a hobby um but like a u.s team i think is a and i don't want to say the word a profession but it's another level up. i would i think it's a, yeah. a hobby and i'd call it a profession you know you have to treat it like that it's tough because like you have people that really love the sport and really want to be on a team and i get i can totally sympathize with that but it's is that what like what do what do we want to do like do we have to make up our minds do we want to create a um create an environment of of um tenacity where like people are fighting to be on the team or do we want to just take what we can get yeah you know so whether that be we're taking four pilots and we have eight available or do we have eight available and we have eight pilots so we're taking eight like where's the tenacity to make the team like i'm not going on a team because i can't contribute I cannot contribute to the U.S. team at this point. I'm only going to hurt them because you know what? The coach is going to be spending more time on my shittiness trying to fix, you know, to the rest of my teammates, basic, basic stuff. And I'm then holding them back. But that's a really, that's a holistic approach to the team. Like, do do you think people have that view typically as an unlimited pilot? I mean, I I don't, I'm not going to call out any names, but I can, I can, I won't even say whether it's, uh male or female <laughs> yeah uh you know who i'm talking about where it's, it's very selfish right like i want to make the team i think even it's, if a, it's, it's a life even goal. if it's the plug yeah it's a total life goal yeah it's yeah. a sticker it's a sticker sticker whatever you know you want the sticker on the side like i can i i would but bet doesn't a that decent amount of money doesn't that make that you then be able feel... to make the team but like well, oh yeah well, especially i mean this year you know, given if there was yeah. 15 unlimited so I could pilots, put some, some sticker on my airplane, like, you know, like it's just like, I, you know, it's, it's to me, I don't, you know, I'm just, I, I, I can't pose. I just can't pose like that because, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm just trying, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I just want to, you know, for me, I want to earn it on my own, right. On my own standards. You know what I mean? And like, I, I don't think I would be able to, at this point, pallet me saying like, oh, I'm on the unlimited there, a bad team. Like, no, I'm not. Like, you look at the late 90s, the Loudenschlager era earlier, the Goulian era, all those the Chambliss's and and John Nash's and, and all those phenomenal, yeah, those phenomenal pilots. And I am not there. So, like, I cannot, I'm not on that, uh, in that boardroom with them yet. You know, and I'm not just because, like, not enough people didn't show up to Nationals. So I get to, like, walk on, like, come on, like, who I people do it, but like I can't. Like I'm not getting paid for this shit. Like I get, give a shit. But if if I make it on my own merit or my own personal merits, like um, I'd be proud of it. But like I don't know. I just well, I think I you have a catalog. Well, and and but I think that's a really, I think that's a healthy approach 
to that's that's a healthy approach to any category, but it's certainly a, a, a healthy approach to a team category where it's a team. Like it, it it would be like trying to make a baseball team as a bench warmer. It's like you're not contributing anything by sitting on the bench. What do you contribute yeah. to the team that's going to get them wins? Because as much as this is an individual sport, and it is, but when you're on a team, it's a team sport. It's this really weird duality that you guys have to play because because you could make the unlimited team and go compete at WAC as an unlimited yeah. pilot, which is an insane accomplishment. Very few people in the aerobatic world will ever get to say that they can do that. But when it comes to the team, it's like, okay, what position, you know, just using the baseball, baseball comparisons, like what position are you going to play that's going to yeah. give this team an advantage? And what if I have to go first and I just make a fool out of the U.S. and I end up like just from inability, experience and nerves, I... I do something, you know, like a zero or something like it's like, up oh, here's the U.S. team again, more money than brain. And there's been a few people on the unlimited team over the years that have, have done that. And one in, one in particular that I'm thinking about right now and having this conversation, we've never really talked about we've never really talked about this angle of unlimited hearing this. I mean, you you make such a dude. It's such a perfect point um, about the mentality thinking about it in that in this frame makes me really mad at, at a couple people in recent years that have made the unlimited team or attempted to make the unlimited team. Like it's yeah. like really selfish and, and actually kind of pathetic. There's been a few people and in advance about, too, and but like, about like unlimited the training camps. Like yeah. imagine trying to organize training camps for four or five people or 10 people. What's easier oh. and what could be done more? Dude. Yeah. Well, and and, and and you can get more out of, or maybe the unlimited team should have an A and B team, an A squad and a B squad. Honestly, if they're if they're going to select twelve, they should. Right, and like you're on the B squad doesn't mean you're off the team, but you got to work to get on the A squad, and then we'll have like you know because nationals is like team selection is September, so we have eight months of flying at this point or more, uh, ten months. So like a lot can happen. Like I can barely make the team, but like let's say like I just get into a windfall of money and whatever and i'm able to fly a shit ton more now four months from now six months from now i'm a completely different pilot yeah like why shouldn't i then it's like okay like i can fight and then and people on the a squad it's like well my position's not guaranteed so i got to keep training otherwise somebody from the b squad is going to take my position so now we have like this this worth ethic that we've created to become better to be to necessitate a want to be on the team and you know, there's nothing to say people from the B squad wouldn't be able to go to a world, but like, no, it's not well, a especially like as you can almost like th that might create like, a, like six great pilots instead of only having four at that point. Well, and is there an obligation? Um, here, here's where I, I'm just, I'm like literally curious. And uh, we talked to Rob uh, about getting Rob back on, and this would be some uh, great discussions as a you know, um, you know, former team captain and, and coach and um, and and things like that for the unlimited team is if you field 12 pilots for an unlimited team and assuming a 13th for a warm-up, I guess, uh, for going to, to, to WAC, uh, do you need to bring 12? Do you have to field the entire team? Uh, you know, or is there is there any obligation uh, from, from the IAC standpoint to bring everybody on the roster to whatever country WAC is going to be at in a given year? Or it's like, yeah, just like as you said, like, Hey, you know what? We're gonna bring we're gonna bring the top seven. Uh, the rest yeah. of you or it's like, stand hey, by the standby. Yeah, um, you come watch, or like you qualify on our our merits to 
or in our standards rather to be warm up. I honestly think that it should be like that. And I also, I also think you should get two years on the team Two, You should get two full, you should get two world championship attempt, uh, not attempts, but um, uh, f- like basically two whack years or a whack years on the team. Yeah. And then a selection. I think there should be, I, I think it's too short. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I can, you know, people can e- easily argue, argue that. And I think they'd be wrong, but they would argue, oh, well, what if somebody just comes into the category? They have to wait three years. It's like, well, honestly, if you can gear yourself up to be con- a contributed member of the unlimited team in a year and a half, two years, then that's fuck. That's incredible. And like, I'm sure maybe a special measure could be put in place, but this category is so intense for the stereotypical American style pilot that, you know, is not a career, um, you know, uh, that, that, you know, has other responsibilities to make this, this hobby slash, um, passion work, you know, where, yeah. you, I don't, I don't see how it's possible to, to be competitive and unlimited in under two years. I really don't. I mean, you can get good, but I don't think that you're going to be turning heads. You know what I mean? Like look at yeah. Aaron. Aaron's an incredible pilot and he was in, he, he's, he flew lights out in advance and he moved up to unlimited and he flew really good, but he didn't fly where we're like, Oh, this guy's going to win. Right. And he trained his ass off and I'm not taking yeah. anything away from him. He did no, And his, he's so much better than anybody. I know getting to that level that fast with, with that amount of with that little amount of time, there's, it's a, it's not a, na- I'm, I don't want this to sound negative in any way. I'm just trying to be relative to the, to no, the, it shows the, the it, categories. It shows it shows just how crazy this is, you know. It's yeah. it's it's an insane undertaking. I mean, maybe you know. I, I think like a lot of things with the IEC, um, there's a lot of ways. Or there's a lot of processes and and procedures and policies in place that have been the way they have been for a long time. And then when you talk about changing them, or you talk about, or you ask why it is the way it is, it's like, well, this is the way we've always done it. Which is, um, it's it's that's common throughout any organization. It's not unique to the IAC, no matter how big or small. I mean, like I, I go through that all the time with uh, stuff at, at my, at my work, you know, it's like, yeah. why do we do it like this? Well, we've always done it like that. Yeah, but we could do it like this and it would be better. And eh, no, we're going to do it the way we've always done it. Okay. Um, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe, you you know, you feel the a team of 12 and then maybe the, the, the top six, skip a selection year you're on the team automatically but maybe you keep every other year as a team selection year for and then the bottom half i, I don't know you can change it to where the bottom half um is, is you know you're you're on, not on the chop yeah. chopping block sounds i mean. think if you if you win nationals or something like that or score above there's some type of i'll, I'll find out. i know there's a couple of people right now that are screaming through the through the whatever um that you do get you don't have to try out you automatically uh, walk onto the team um, I forget what it is, um, but it's high. Yeah, it's high, and Rob it's like, talked about think, it before. Yeah, but like most people, yeah, I, I totally get. It. I just wanted to say that so it doesn't look like we don't know a little bit about what we're talking about. But I, I just mean more not not from a score standpoint. It's just like you know, if if there's a field of twelve, you know, maybe maybe six, the top six don't they skip a selection period, and then the bottom six, you're 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 you you know, you're basically flying yeah. a selection but it's year. still it's still to go back to our point 
having an A and B squad, you know, it still doesn't mean that somebody come from the B squad. Like if you just stop flying and you totally end up sucking, like you'll get bumped up, but I mean, bumped off or bumped down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there has to be that. Because like, once you make the team, like you take a breath, you're like, okay, I'm good. And it's like, no, like that's when you need to step it up. That's when the work starts. Like, yeah, that's, that's the, I mean, if your goal is to make the team, I feel like you already have the wrong goal because yeah, you can't stop there. Um, and it would, it, it's honestly unfair to those that are on the team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure Rob and, you know, Goody at, at some point, like the goal. Yeah. You want to make the team to go do something. You know, it's like, you can say it. Yeah. I want to make the team, but I don't think any of them have said, I'm going to make the team and then stop. Cause they haven't right that they're, they haven't stopped, but it's, it's, they want to be the best unlimited pilot. They want to be the best. And part of that is making the team. Like you can't, you can't not make the team and be the best unlimited pilot, right? Like you're going to go to nationals. You're going to, you, you want to compete in unlimited. You want to go to the world stage. You want to compete in unlimited, in, in unlimited. Like you want to be yeah. the best. And part of that is making the team. And for those that like, you know what? I just want to make the team. Again, we all know these people. They just they just want to make the team so they can put it on the resume, and it's like yeah. th- that's so um, it's disingenuous to do that. It's it's actually that um, it really hurts the team dynamic. I would. Imagine. I mean, look at like, dude, look at um my when I uh, uh, when I was on the team that I ever was right, and the advanced team we were training a lot. COVID was happening, and Alon um, had been flying advanced and he got really good. And then he came to a couple of training camps and trained with us. And he was like, he was flying and then some of the team members, there's no doubt. And he was contributing and people flipped the fuck out. Well, not people, cert, like less than a half a dozen, but they made enough waves to like make it awkward so that like it was just, it was a little bit of a mess. And it's like, and the people that were making waves are, are super nice people. And it was a little shocking, but like, it's like, all right, like, um, you know, like, this is what the team felt and we wanted to do. We were trying, we're not trying to hurt the U.S. And, you know, if you're, you can, I don't know, there's, there's other ways to go around it, I think. And, um, you know, it was all new to us putting on a new team member or somebody on there, you know, and he had done the fourth flight. It, that's kind of what some of it was about. But, like, he was good. And he, and... And he deserved to be there, you know, based on his flying ability. And uh, people had a problem with it. And it's like, that's that's kind of like that, the attitude that needs to go. Like, you know, there's, especially in the category of advance, a lot can be done to a pilot in, in from nationals to the, to the world contest state to make them really, really good. And um, I think we need to like, maybe allow that and, we've talked about it uh, like a year ago or a year and a half ago where it's like, yeah, it sucks to be that guy to get, to get bumped off. Like I, I don't, I would not envious of the person has to make that no, decision. It's not fun. I'm envi- yeah. I'm not envious of that person. Like I would fucking, I would, I would hate it, but like, I don't know me coming from, you know, competitive sports and, and, and an era where not everybody gets a trophy. Like you got to look in the mirror and say like, if you can't, if you're that delusional, where you can't admit when somebody's better than you or flew better than you. And, and this is a sport and you know, your spot is not guaranteed. Um, then sorry, man, but that's, 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 
winning and losing, you know? Well, and that's I, a I hallmark to put it. It's also a hallmark of a fantastic um, um, aerobatic pilot, in my opinion. You know, you talk to Goulian, Goody, Rob, you know, people think that, um, you know, we, we all put these pilots on pedestals. I know I do. Like, I, I look up to and respect them immensely. And um, they're heroes to many people. And you really talk to them. They, they really are humble. You know, obviously, we all have egos. We're pilots. But they really are humble. And, you know, hearing somebody like Goody say, like, you know what? If you flew better than me, you flew better than me. I sucked that day. Yeah. Like, that sentence, that that um, that comes from a place of of true understanding of what's going on right those that are like well i made the team i deserve to be here somebody can't fly better than me here i this this you're showing me up you're 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 in it for you're kind of in it for the wrong reasons and you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you're thinking about it from the wrong perspective you know because it's not about a, a a prestige you know rob rob goody nobody does it for the chicks or for the money for the fame, you know, for the fanny packs. packs, um, I might do it for a fanny pack. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there, but like, you know, maybe Rob gets, gets a sponsorship. Uh, there might, there, there are small sponsorships that get kind of uh, thrown out to, to pilots that are, that are competing. Right. But let's, let's face it that that's in the air show world. Um, so when, when you're competing, you know, you're, you're really doing it, um, to become better. And all of them yeah. have said have said really the exact same thing. I'm just trying to become better, just constantly trying to become better, fixing mistakes. And you know, Rob will send a video to us, and it's like it's, the flying's amazing. It's just like, oh, the, you know, there's this, this, and this. And it's like he he's never been that like, well, check this shit out. I'm, I'm the fucking best. And it's like you kind of see the people that that do that a little bit, or that that have that mentality. And I, totally. I'm sure I know exactly who you're talking about with that that are kind of making these fusses and making these stinks. And it's like, they're never going to be the best because they don't think like, they don't think like the best, the best, the best aerobatic pilots in the world think very similarly. In my opinion, I think they have very similar mindsets and very similar. um, Well, even like Rob, like fucking like Rob is like, everybody kind of puts him on this. Not that he doesn't deserve that. So he's on this pedestal because he's won, you know, 10 times or whatever, you know, everybody's lost count. And, you know, if he loses, trust me, like the guy, it's not that he doesn't care. Like he, he'll be the first one to say like, all right, like they flew better than me. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like he's not going to be like, oh, this is bull. Like I won 12. Like he's the furthest thing from that. No, I we can tell you at his flight at whack. We were all like, this is fucking bullshit. And he was like, you know what, dude it is what it is. And you're like, no, it is what it is. This is a travesty. <laughs> and this, you know, we were like, everybody was so mad, you know? And it's yeah. like he he had the he had the proper outlook on that. Yeah, he was a lot of us did. Everybody else, yeah, yeah, we were all fucked yeah. up. No, we were all super you know? pissed. Um, yeah, and like, yeah, the guy is just he's just a chill dude, man. And like, you no, know, that's what it, it kind of like have. makes me upset too because people think he's gonna like you know hoot and holler if he doesn't win, and then it's like, guy can take a loss. Trust me, you know he he's can not... take a he can take a loss and the win. Honestly, I, I would say for somebody like Rob. Um, now like air racing, having Michael Goulian put his air racing hat on, that's different. Cause there's, there's a showmanship element to that, but like true competition, like nobody's, you never see him finish a flight <laughs> at nationals or whack and stand up on the wing and sh- put his arms up. Right. Like there's, there's, there's just not, a, it's not, 
I think I think a win. That's funny. Uh, a win and a loss. I think I, I honestly want to say that the reaction and the emotion is probably very similar. Like obviously, there's sadness if he loses, and there's excitement if he wins. But in terms of like the evaluation of what happened, it's okay. Like that day, I I. I did what I needed to do. I did my job and yeah. either somebody else made a mistake or I just happened to fly better that day. Cool. I, I got a win. Or I, I, I did, I did, I set out and did my thing. And if you lose, it's like, okay, I made this mistake. I made that mistake. That person flew better, um, made less mistakes. They, they were the well, better I think pilot that... that day. It's a very evaluative kind of look to wins and losses in, in competition at that level I think... for, for, for somebody like Rob. Yeah, and I think that makes him that much more of a dangerous pilot to compete against because he's met his goals as far as yes. well, not his main, you know, his ultimate goal, but like he's met his goals at a national level more over an end. So like it's not that he yes. doesn't care; he's met them. So now yeah. he's he's relaxed. He doesn't have that on his mind, and he's going out there and just flying. Whereas like somebody else who hasn't, you know, who wants to take that W, you know, in the title away and this and that, you know, has that on his mind. I mean. Or maybe they're just that good psychologically that they can um, not think about it, which is sounds really hard to me. Uh, but you know, he's he's just cool as a cucumber in the cockpit now. You know, he's done it. He's been there. Yeah. You know, we saw we saw him get the trophy for winning. It's like or whatever. It's like okay, cool, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Where like I would literally be crying like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think, that, I think at that level, I. I can see. I'd I, give like the worst acceptance speech, like on you see on the Emmys, like thanking God, thanking all these people that like make no sense. Like I'd be a disaster <laughs> on stage. And he's like, "Oh, cool, thanks, appreciate it, guys." But the, I guess that's appreciate my point, it. though. Is like that's that's a great mentality. Is like okay, like I just happen to be the best that day. You know, it's it's like it's not a, a gloat or you know you celebrate and be happy and you can be sad. Like there's nothing wrong with having an emotion attached to it, but it's like. You know, these people that, that get an ego, I guess the ego trapped around it, like where it's like, you know, yeah. if you lost, it's like, oh, this is, the, the judges suck. And it's like, well, did they, or was your flying not that great? And, you know, I see this a lot in the, in the airline world as an instructor, you know, you'll do an event with somebody in a simulator and um, at the end, and it'll be like, okay, like, and I do this even as an instructor in the extra. Like, how do you think that went? How, how do you think today went? Or what are some thoughts on today? Um, if you can evaluate your flying, your performance, uh, what went right, what went wrong? Like, give me, give me some thoughts. And if I see it, like, inevitably, it's somebody that it was a disastrous flight, whether in the extra or in the Airbus sim or wherever. And they're like, I thought it went great. It was awesome. And they're like, okay, you can't even evaluate yourself. You can't evaluate your own mistakes. Uh, you can't yeah. evaluate your, your own successes or mistakes for that matter. So you don't, you don't have a grasp of what's going on. So how could you possibly know whether you met the standard or not? Because you, you, you didn't meet the standard, but you thought you did. And that's where it's like, you can't, you, you don't have that, that, I don't know. It's not, not, a, not an IQ thing. It's just like that level of understanding or, or awareness to evaluate yeah, yourself. Super far behind. Yeah. You know, uh, all of you guys, you, know, you, you talk about a flight and how that went. It's like you guys are the first one, all of you uh, that 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 are high level. You're the first one to be like, nah, I over rotated this. I, you know, 
my vertical was off on that, or, you know, I, I dicked this up and I zeroed that. And it's like, if you can't say that on your own flight, you know, it's, you're out to yeah. lunch. No, there's some pilots that like just go absolutely bonkers on their shit. Like after a flight, if it doesn't go well, like fucking mm-hmm. lose their shit. Or they're like, even before the flight, they're just like a different person. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Watch out. There's a mental component. Everybody's different, but that that mental component's really interesting. Yeah. And you think about it, like the best pilots, like you see them and they're just, they're very um, under control of of everything going on as far as not just the flying, but like you, you can look at them and they're not shaking or their body language is very calm and they're not talking fast. Their breathing is fine. And they're just focused. And I think that's, that's so much of it as far as um, once you get, you know, all the figures down, like you really got to be able to, to learn how to, how to uh, calculate and be ahead and, and focus in and, and have a super high level of, of focus. And, um, it's so hard to do. It's, it's, it's incredibly hard to do. And, you know, we talk about like, Oh, you know, um, I've, I won because I flew the best that day. And that doesn't mean I'm the best pilot here. And there's pilots now that at home that they are just crushing it, you know, they're like national winning style flying and you put them in a contest and they are, they fly like a different, it's not the same. Um, you yeah. can, you know, videotape the two flights and you would think it were two different pilots. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I kind of, I take the, a little bit more of an approach to, to really, um, squeeze everything I can get out of an individual flight. So like for every flight, I would say that there's probably three or four hours of prep that go into it. And not to say like if I fly twice in one day, you know, it's obviously untrue, but like, you know, I'll usually do like one flight a day and i'll try to like you know fly four times a week three four times a week and for each flight you know it's it's you know like at least an hour hour and a half before i'm flying there's an hour at home you know there's an hour you know just constantly thinking about okay and having an agenda what i'm going to do and then going out there and you know flying the plan and and working on one for me i work on one thing and i and i try to you know get better at one thing instead of being like okay i'm going to hit X amount rotations this way, X amount rotations. Like, no, like I, I'm not great at this. Like I, yeah, I'm a four. I want to get to like a four or five or a five by, yeah. you know, and then until I'm there, like, you know, like you just, there's, there's, there's a different, everybody's different as well. I think is, is what's important to know. And and I just like the, the psychological aspect of it more. And I just, to me, I've seen, I mean, look at Goulian, look at, look at how much time and, and money and people, He's gone through and been with to to get focused. Absolutely, you know, and he's not stop. He's not stopping. No, you know, and it's it's everything. I mean, just putting gas through the tank is not always the answer. No, but well said, dude. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to the advanced category this year because it's it's relatively the same crop of pilots, but with a lot more training behind them. Seasoning. I mean, oh god, yeah, and um. Advanced field looks. Uh, I think we should revisit it next next week or something like that. I think it's um, missing a lot. I think I think there's a yeah. lot missing from this list. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, advanced. I think that you're going to see five or six people. It's going to be a very close top five, is what I'm yeah. predicting. 
And I think at that point, it's it's like picking a number out of a hat on who's going to win. It's going to be. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be decided. Um, I think the Canadians like, are also going to contribute a, a, a heavy amount. Yeah. Um, and I um I we got to wrap up soon, but um I, I'd like to talk about this dynamic next week. So uh, I'm going to try to write it down so we can remember. But I'll be curious to see if there's any kind of a stigma. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, it's nationals. There, there's no real nationalism in nationals. There's, there's no like America, fuck yeah, you know, people are yeah. waving American flags and you're like fuck everybody else. But you mm-hmm. know, um, Canada's bringing the heat. We've been talking about it all year. They really are bringing the heat. They're, they are not fucking around. And yeah. I think, I think they're going to show up and and really do some damage this year um, in advance. And I wonder if that is, is, is does that sting a little bit? You know, that that's I would love to talk a little bit more about that. I think, um, yeah, it, I think it's going to be um, I think they're going to show up to make a statement for worlds. I think it's yeah. not about I, I think they're approaching it. They're not looking at anybody else in an advanced category besides who's on the U.S. team. That's it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else in the advance that's not a team member, they can give a fuck. And yeah. they're going there and they're going to place themselves. They're going to pick the top three and they're going to place themselves against the top three U.S. and see what happens. And. I think that even on the ground, they're going to try to make a statement too. I think you're yeah. going to see a lot of uniforms and team meetings and a, a lot of bit denim. of a, a, yeah, a lot of fucking denim, a lot of breakfasts. Yeah. And uh, maybe some uh... maple shots. <laughs> you know, some uh, seminars on, uh, you know, waffle making. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But, um, but yeah, that's gonna that's you know that's a whole nother thing I didn't even think about. That's what you're saying is like seeing the Canadians, and I think it's gonna be a lot of camaraderie, not camaraderie, um, like little ins- well, not inside jokes. What am I saying? Like a little banter. Well, because there's because they're showing up as a team this year. I mean, they they weren't they weren't a team yet last year, right? They they there were several like you know Ryan was here, Luke was here, um, but they they hadn't done their team selection yet, and they were talking about it. But they hadn't selected the coach. They hadn't selected the team. They hadn't selected the team. We got to get Aaron on. We got to get Aaron on. Before we do Nationals. need to get Aaron on because because they've had they've had almost a year of training and they're training hard. They're a super cohesive team. They had their nationals. They're looking really good and they're 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 hitting it hard. And so the, I, I I don't remember the last time we've seen nationals have a Canadian team like this. And I I think it's a new right. dynamic in my opinion. You know, it's a new den- um, dynamic. It's a, yeah, I like, I like that. I like that. Um, so maybe next week we can talk, you know, let's get Aaron on uh, next week and um, we can talk about this more. Cause I'm, and it's not, it's not, um, you know, they're Canadian, so they're super nice. So I'll just put that, I'll just put, you know, say that immediately because they're not going to, they're not going to come to nationals and try to fuck with the U S in that sense. Right. But it's like, they are a team. They're showing up as the Canadian advanced team. Yeah, you know that's that already right there, and in and of itself, it's kind of a statement, right? Um, agree. And it's so cool, it's so freaking cool, and they're they're flying great. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be so, uh, it's gonna be epic to see. I didn't even think yeah. about that, but yeah, yeah. Totally. I I want to I want to kind of tease that topic out a little bit more because it's just I think it's a, just a new element that we're gonna see in advance. It's gonna it's gonna add to the excitement because I, I obviously I, just as you said, you know, I want to see the advanced team with a year under their belt, uh, fly advanced again. Those that aren't moving up, obviously we got 
Um, we got um, what two two people from the advanced team moving up this year, uh, attempting to move. Well, no, they're moving up this year. Um, uh, there's Dumpy and Silberti, uh, um, right? Yeah. Or so Silberti's well, always been like uh, he's always been unlimited. No, I just I just mean though, like he made the team and and then you know doing unlimited this year. Um, but other than that, we're gonna see the full advanced team fly advanced again, hopefully. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting to see. Uh, I want to tease that out more next week. But uh, yeah, dude, let's let's wrap this thing up and we'll uh, let's let's. I want to talk to. Let's get Aaron. Uh, let's chat with Aaron today and and try to get um something locked down for next week because uh, I don't know. We're in we're in nationals territory, dude. With uh, oh yeah, it's coming up. AWACS coming up at nationals. You know, it's gonna be exciting. It'd be really two, exciting. Two exciting events. Um, we didn't even talk about how uh, Reno is coming up, and it's the last Reno, so we'll have to talk about that next week too. I've got some thoughts. It's gonna on be that. epic. I wish I can go. I'm just. I know. I can't get away that much. No, me, me neither. I won't be able to make it with my training schedule. But uh, um, oh, also, and I, I took the shield off my uh, my fixed visor. Um, my uh, my fixed visor helmet. So I'm gonna fly. I'm gonna fly oh, with cool. it uh, this week uh, when I get home and 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 test that more. Um, I think I'm gonna like it. I think you will too. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna like it, and it'll, I'm gonna like to look a lot better. Uh, Sammy Mason, uh, I'll give you a, a shout out, Sammy. I, I agree. <laughs> I don't, I don't like the look of the fixed visor shroud at all, um, but I love the helmet. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And if not, I'll just I'll, I'll throw an HDU visor, or I'll throw the old uh, lift, uh, kind of like the snowboard visor, back on it. But we'll see how it goes. Sounds I'll good. Back. Yeah. Thank you to Lift Aviation. Speaking of which, for supporting the podcast, go support them. Go buy some shoes, shirts, kneeboards, helmet, whatever, um, and use the promo code FlyCoolShit at checkout for 25% off. LiftAviationUSA.com. Fly Good merch. Go buy some uh, some Fly Good merch. All the Rob Holland stuff just got added to the website. Use the promo code ACRO at checkout, A-K-R-O. Get 10% off the entire website. Go support Rob. Go support Fly Good merch. Go support Lyft. Support us. We'd love some support. Uh, oh, FlyCoolShit.com yeah. slash merch. And um, this is another week of me telling you that I'm going to get sticker packs on the website and I haven't done it yet because <laughs> life's <laughs> busy. But uh, it's coming <laughs> someday, I promise. Um, One day. Keep an eye out for the website on that. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 